0: New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally savvy with registered holistic nutritionist, Andrea Donsky and health journalist, Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis with my wonderful co-host, Andrea Donsky. Andrea, how are you doing? I am doing great, Lisa. Great to be back with you. Yeah, it's so nice. Now, I've had a rough couple of months. My uh, best friend from childhood, we've been friends since we were 12, passed away in the summer. Oh, and sorry, I ju- sorry. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just, it's been really, really hard because she's outside of my husband and my daughter, she's like the main friend that I call about things and issues. And, and I've known her my whole life practically. Mm-hmm. And I've been really sad. So I was really interested. When I read Christina Rasmussen's book, Where Did You Go? A Life-Changing Journey to Connect with Those We've Lost. She's also the author of Second Firsts, which I also really enjoyed. Christina, welcome mm-hmm. to Naturally Savvy.
1: Thank you so much, Lisa and Andrea. So good to be here. And yes, loss is so very devastating, truly devastating.
0: It really is. You focused on that on your first book. Talk to us a little bit about that because grief is such a rocky road. I mean, people say, oh, well, she died in August and you're still upset? It's like, what? I mean, what is wrong with people? Well, first of all, people shouldn't be judging you like that. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, but it's very common. Wouldn't you say, Christina, that people don't really let people grieve?
1: Yes. Uh, people judge and people expect a specific timeline. Um, I have to start by saying I studied grief prior to my losses. I did my thesis on the stages of bereavement. I wanted to be a grief therapist. And then my... 35 year old husband died. And listen, like, um, you know, it doesn't matter how many years go by. The way I describe it, it was as if I died with him, but I, I kept my body, my life as I knew it was completely destroyed and gone. And I was now a single mom with two little girls. They were four and six years old at the time. And I was desperately in love with my husband as well. It was the most catastrophic event. Of my life. And, and the, the funny thing was that in theory, I understood grief. In theory, I, I knew the stages of bereavement, but I have to say nothing. And I mean, nothing could have prepared me for what I experienced. The number one thought at the time was, Oh my goodness, millions of people feel the same way and nobody's doing anything about it. It is catastrophic. It is so final. That's the thing. It's, it's, there's nothing you can do to bring that person back. And it's also a little insane. <laughs> I thought I had lost yes. my mind because, you know, one day this person is here with you living life. And the next, right. they're just completely gone. Um, I felt that we live in a very cruel world, in, in a world that, that does not understand the depths of sorrow that we go through. Um, and And just like you guys said, people expect you to be done with it after a specific amount mm-hmm. of time. A, and I, as years went by, I remarried I, I started my life over, and people would think that that's it now. <laughs> we're good. Right, but how can you right. forget the person right, you loved? Right. how can you how can you i mean he's the father of my children um it, it is um it is a very messy journey, um one that I tried to um untangle. Um, and, and put in some kind of sequence with my first book, Second First. I created something called the Life Reentry Model. And, but before I go there, I want to say that the people who are listening, um, and are grieving a loss know that, um, time, people say time heals all wounds. That's not true. Uh, it's not time. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of myths and a lot of, um, old and, and uh, old advice that doesn't actually capture what really happens after loss.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. My mother died 23 years ago and wow. it's still really hard. And I think it gets harder. Like when I met my husband, oh, she'll never meet my husband when I had my daughter. Oh, she'll never meet my daughter when I got the career going. Cause I was kind of floating around, you know, not really set on anything when, before she died. And it was after that I started getting into the things that I'm doing now. And it is really, really difficult. So I, I want to talk about where did you go? How did you get from second firsts and helping people with grief? And I like that. Say that plan again, the um, life reentry The life reentry.
1: Life reentry, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and I will go to where you go, but you said something about all sure. the years after your mother passed. Um right. I call this the permanence, the permanence of never. Actually, mm-hmm. what never means is not easily understood when it happens. So when, when your mom died, when my, my husband died, I knew I would never see them again and they would he would never see his kids grow up. But you actually don't really understand it until, until the birthdays, the graduations, the things that happen. You understand right. what never really means. And I just had chills mm-hmm. when you said that, Lisa. And, and it's true mm-hmm. for so many people. Um, so how did I get from, from the practical, uh, reentry of life after loss and, and talking about that to this, I guess, spiritual, uh, part of it. Even though I had helped so many people, thousands and thousands of people go through, um, life reentry in my classes, in the book, everything I'd done, there was one question that remained not only with me, but with everyone. I mean, what, where do they go? I mean, what, <laughs> what, what happens? And when we go through something so tragic, it is the bigger questions that we want to answer. It is, we're looking at life from a very different point of view. And I have to be honest mm-hmm. with you guys and say, I did not want to write this book. I said no to it. I had started really? delving yeah. into the world. Oh my God. Yes. There's not, oh my God. This is not the book I would write. This is, this is, right. this is, I, I was actually afraid of it. I said to myself, it would derail. My 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 life entry work the the work I had I had done for so many years and I had so much credibility but I have to say that the more I delved into the physics to the to the the makings of reality I started to live my life differently and to have this additional layer of experiencing reality in a different way and I started to feel like a hypocrite not sharing this part. And I kept saying, "No, no, no," and then I kept feeling the duality of my experience as an expert and as a speaker, as a writer. i couldn't um I couldn't continue hiding this part, so I started writing about it, and uh, first with blogs and then a proposal, and of course, you know big publishers jumped on it immediately and where did you go was born um and it's not only changing the way I look at reality but everyone else's I believe we are in a place where we want more answers for the bigger things in life, especially for people like us who had seen loss and death up close.
0: Yeah, Mm. that's true. Were you nervous that people were going to be skeptical?
1: Oh, oh my goodness. I can't (laughs) tell you. I'm still nervous about it. It's been, the book is like what two months old and it's, it's doing incredible. We have this, uh, we have a thousand. Um, we have a private group with a thousand, I call them journeyers because the book is actually a how-to guide to uh, shutting down the third dimension and entering more of the invisible world. And we have a thousand, over a thousand people into this private group where they journey together. And there are skeptics in there. There are people who have experienced the, the whole thing. And then there's people who can't get there. And it's an incredible thing to see there are skeptics, there were people who absolutely, um this is the most hate mail I've ever gotten. <laughs> I would say. I'm, oh, wow. I'm very honest, by the way. I just say, no, good, <laughs> I just man. say it how it is, you know. Um, a, a lot of religion, even though I'm Christian, I believe in God. um For some reason, um people came to me and said, but this is not in the Bible. And I mean, a lot of people came to me and said that. And I said, you know. Just understanding what reality is made of. It's actually understanding God in many ways, understanding the mathematical reality behind this reality and, and what this is. And they were mad with me a little bit, but I got over that. Um, and what the main thing has been, uh, so far is to actually see so many people experience, um, not only a connection with their loved ones. Um, and I'm going to say this part next and I know it's going to sound I'm, I'm taking a deep breath of, every time I share this in an interview. It's going to sound uh, extreme, but actually we can make memories, uh, new memories, um, after a uh, death. And, and it took me years to say this, um, because when I started experiencing a connection with someone who passed, um, specifically at first with my husband, the experience that I had, um, in that journey stayed with me like a memory. And when other people are having these experiences, they come back from them, and I know you're probably thinking, and not that I can read your mind, you're probably thinking, is it really, can this really happen? Is Are these people really <laughs> experiencing this? And yes, they are. Not everyone, but a lot of people are. Um, We create new memories, and we understand that love truly transcends time and space. And I needed to find my way into this way of understanding reality versus the psychic and medium and spirits and Mm ghosts, that did not speak to me Hmm. at all, at all. So
2: for those who are just listening and haven't read your book, can you maybe explain what the basis of the book is? And, you know, obviously you've alluded to it a little bit here, but in terms of creating new memories, but just share a little bit of a synopsis of what they can expect to find in the book when they do buy it.
1: Yes, so it's, it's very different to anything they've ever seen. And that's one thing that I want to start by saying. And I'm not just saying it because it's my book, but, um, soon people expect something completely different, something that has been written before. But as soon as you open the book, it starts with, um, my story and my experience of the last hours, the last few hours of, of my husband's life. Um, and then I go into the chapters that actually bring you the theory of a specific um, law um, of physics, and then a specific journey and experience. I believed that we have come far in our discoveries, but not far in our experiences. And I had to give the driver's seat back to the reader. I could say, here's what we know about our universe. Here's what we know about death. Here's what we know about the other dimensions. Um, But But it doesn't matter how much we know unless you experience this part. So it starts with um, tricking our brain. My first book was based on brain science. Second, first was really based on how the brain holds on to grief. And I learned so much about the fear center. So we trick the brain to take us all the way to the edge of our reality and and make the brain a friend and kind of let the brain get us there until consciousness can take over. So we're not... Um, speaking to the so-called dead, as people, you know, mention it in this way, we are connecting with consciousness, we're connecting with a reality that exists beyond the third dimension. And one of the things that the book proposes is, and it stems from the theory of the holographic universe, um, we live in a, you know, inside a hologram, actually, for anyone who wants to know more about this, there's, there's been studies done, a lot of scientists have experimented with it to understand it, and they can Google the holographic universe. Um, there was a study that was done last year, early to, actually 2019, now early 2017, um, that nearly proves that we live in a, inside a hologram, which basically means that we are projecting this reality from a deeper reality. So when we die, ultimately, if this is true, if this is really true, it is only our hologram that gets shut down. There's a very well-known physicist called Robert Lanza, and he says we actually die in someone else's reality and not in ours. So if that is also true, then when we lose someone, they die in this dimension that we live in and that we are aware of, but they don't die in their awareness. Can you imagine that?
0: Wow, that's so interesting. So how did you? I mean, how did this come about? I mean, I know I read in your book that you had this peak moment. Where you felt yeah. something, right, from your husband? Talk to us about that. And then, how did you, did you do a lot of research to discover this uh, hologram and all that? Yeah. <laughs> so it's that, really interesting. yeah
1: So no, it it is. And and I mean, the way that I discovered in my first book, what I call the waiting room, the the place between the life we live behind after loss and the life we could have, we get stuck in the middle. I'm a very visual person. I'm um I like to understand the worlds and realities in a visual way. So I started, uh, reading, um, not obsessively because I'm not an obsessive person, but that's mm-hmm. all I could read for a long time. And, and the, the deeper I went in, the more I understood. We, at the time we moved from the Boston area to California. And I remember sitting on my deck and I had this extraordinary experience. When you come back from such a joyful, um, blissful moment uh, that, uh, that I felt like, and, and actually it lasted as well. It lasted for days afterwards. I said to myself, imagine if you can feel like this more. Not always because I mm-hmm. think it's impossible. And imagine if there's a place you could go that you can control, that you can consciously take yourself there. And that's how I started. I would have to understand the theory of, of, of everything first. And it took me, right. I have to say, multiple reads <laughs> of different books. Um <laughs> And I always say, you know, sure, buy my book, but there are so many books everyone needs to buy and read. The Holographic Universe is a book. The Physics of God. There's so many books that really help us understand what this world is made of. Once that happened, there was no turning back. And I started experimenting with exercises. Um, at first they were very basic. Um, it, like I, I was, I was such a, a student. Uh, but then I, I went deeper and deeper and I started experiencing more. And that's when I realized I needed to get, um, study group together. So I did two pilot studies um, with two different groups. One had 50 people in it um, and another had uh, 64. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see if I was the only person experiencing this and Lisa and Andrea, oh my goodness. I remember the very first day when I took everyone through what I call the door. Um It's a metaphorical opening that the brain is looking for to leap out of this reality. And I was so nervous because I'm just a regular person. <laughs> I'm like, what if this doesn't work? I had signed my book deal, you know, <laughs> like, let's see what happens. Uh, and when they came back, when I brought them back um to back here, they had closed their eyes. I guided them through an opening and, and, and back, and it was very simple and very easy. I just wanted to see if they would be able to sense the vibration changing, if they were able to feel wow. different coming back. And not only they came back and they felt different, I learned two things immediately. Everyone said my opening and my doorway was different than the one that you described. In that first exercise, I described that door to be like mine. Um I didn't know everyone had their own opening. And number two, they didn't have to go further in. The, the journey has at least five steps. They were greeted by those they've loved. Not everyone in the group, but a substantial percentage. Um, we're all crying it was incredible oh and i want to just end this this part here by saying the people in my class they're all scientifically based these were skeptics these were not people who go I after bet. this kind of program yeah
0: so when they connect and you talk i mean there's so much there's this is why people have to get the book because you talk about the temple world and you talk about the door and um, you, yeah. when give us an example of someone who connected did, did could they talk with this person they lost did they just feel their essence give us a little more description
1: yeah, so it happens. So the, the the majority of people have this very specific experience. And these are people who live all over the world. Like this is not just a really? local uh, experience. So there's themes. Um, the number one thing that I have seen is that people go through and they are aware of the presence of, the, of their person. They actually see them. And a lot oh. of them in the beginning, they see them from afar. And they communicate with them. And it feels like they're communicating with them without words. When we know for sure this is happening is when the person comes back and the experience is so intense that they can't mistake it for something they imagined or created themselves. They cry. Yeah, that's what I was emotional.
0: wondering. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we talk about yeah. that in the book as well. We say, you know, this, your brain right. will tell you that this is not real. And so, so it has to be quite extraordinary, um, and intense. And also they can't hold on to it. So what I mean by that is that a lot of people, including myself, once we have a glimpse, of 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 something like meeting our loved one or, or someone else who had passed. Um, we can't, it's, the, the brain kind of goes in, not shock, but it doles us back into this reality. Um, people can, some people can stay longer. Others just get right back and they get frustrated because they experienced it. They had a, a moment when this was real and it, it brings back the other thing that happens and it used to happen to me in the beginning and i i was upset about it um and i and i thought it was just going to be just me that this is happening to because i'm the one who's opening this this gateway but it's happening right. to a lot of people now it's that we see other people who have passed and we don't know who they are
0: oh well, interesting so you know, it's just somebody I, else's loved ones right
1: Yes, and we don't, we don't recognize when people come back and say, you know, I see these people there and I don't know who they are. And, and like people are like me too. Who are they? And I said, oh my gosh. And I I was, I was grateful (laughs) to actually see that it's not just me. And someone, and and this is the funny part. Someone said to me, Christina, did you really think you were only going to go there and see your loved one and come back? And I said, you know, my logical brain (laughs) said, no, you're going to experience that. And, and, and then there were so many more people. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're looking for their loved ones. When the book comes out, then they won't have to come to me. But it looks like they're going to everyone. It's, it's, uh, it's not just my experience. It's, it's the experience of many. So the unexpected nature of the journeys are what I love the most when people are not just experiencing what the book tells them that's going to happen, but other things that are collectively experienced by all the readers.
0: Yeah, we only have a few minutes left. I'm curious. You said it works for some people and not for others. Do you think that it doesn't work for people who still have the doubt or they're just not, their mind just isn't working that way or they're lousy at math? Because I probably wouldn't work for me because I'm terrible Mm -hmm. at math. I had to make that joke because you mentioned math earlier. (laughs) And I know there's like physics involved and things like that.
1: But the journey is very translated down to an experience, right? So we we take away all the math, the physics, and the atoms, and and you just and the way that the whole physics is translated there is it helps your brain understand where where it is you're going. So the people who can't get in, not that they're they're never going to, it's just that they have to be able to let go. So I actually advise people. What I do is even my all of my journeys are not the same, and some of them I can't get. When the more stress I have in my life the more connected to the third dimension I am, I can make Mm -hmm. the journey even for myself. The people who can't get in uh, are not because they're not able to or they're not special or all the things that we hear about. Everyone can access this, but they have to calm their whole senses down. If there's a way to shut down their senses, one thing that I have done many times now is go to those uh, sensory deprivation tanks. I'm sure you guys have heard of them. Yeah, I
0: was wondering about that. Yeah. Andrew, you I, haven't heard of yeah. no, them? Right? Yes. No. you, you, you go in
1: water, right? Yes, you go in water. There's no you don't hear anything, there's no light, you're floating, you don't feel your body. And I got chills just even saying this. The first time I went and I experienced my journey in there, it was like everything slowed down and I could hear the silence of the temple world. Like it wow. was even for me, like That's I'm amazing. I'm a student, I'm experiencing this with everyone else. It was incredible and um the other thing that I want to mention, I know we have to run, but there is an intelligence in the journeys. People receive a lot of information, advice, and wisdom. Um, some people ha- have had extreme experiences where they hug and kiss and say, I love you to their loved ones. And some people have just seen an opening, and then they're pulled back. And some people are struggling to get in, and then they see everyone else's journeys and they're not giving up. This is the one sentence I've heard the most with this book. More than any other thing I've ever done is, I am not going to give up. I want to experience what everyone else is. And people are determined to be awake, mindful, and aware of what we cannot see and hear with our bodies and what is there for us to experience. It is our birthright birthright to know this, Lisa and Andrea. It really is.
0: Wow, that is beautiful, Christina. The book is Where Did You Go? A Life-Changing Journey to Connect with Those We've Lost. Before you tell us how we can learn more about you, Andrea, tell us about our awesome sponsor this month.
2: Yeah, we've got Barleans who is sponsoring us, Naturally Savvy Radio. Thank you, Barleen's. And they've got this amazing, ideal CBD hemp oil, and I've tried it myself, and it's fantastic. So if you want to learn more about Barleans and their CBD hemp oil, you can go to their website, com. So Lisa, right back to you.
0: All right. So Christina, tell us how we can find you and your book, Where Did You Go?
1: So I make it easy and I say this www.wheredidyougobook.com. where did you go uh, you can find it go on I know, right? You can go on Amazon, just put the words where did you go. Um my website, ChristinaRasmussen.com is there too. I have life and SecondFirst.com as well. Um one thing I wanna end with is that this book will find you if it's meant for you. This is this is something mm-hmm. that people this, this stumble upon and it's meant to be it's it's just what it is but if even if you if people don't go for this book I, I my number one um dream is for people to be educated about our world and what um what is all around us that's the number one thing
2: hmm. thank you christina thank you for being on our show yes thank you i'm oh, andrew donsky you. along with lisa oh, so. davis
1: oh sorry go ahead I'm sorry I talked so much. I just felt like I had to give you guys as much as possible about this. Oh, no, was- no not at all. Such nice it's energy. Amazing. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, beautiful. Thank you for being on our show and, and opening up a world to people who may not be familiar with it or be aware of it. So, uh, again, I'm Andrea Donsky, and I'm along with Lisa Davis, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Health Media Gal 1, and at Radio MD. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay well.